the handouts, they have a bit of an outline of, of, of how we're going to kind of share the story so far uh, with Servants Church and a bit of where we're going in the future. And uh, if you have questions that come up as we are, are, are talking, please write them on that, uh, on that piece of paper. And then uh, when, when we show the videos, when the videos start, we'll remind you again, you pass them to the center aisle. So you can, this guy's, so you guys would go that way, you guys would go that way, and you guys get to go either way. Uh, and, uh, and then the ushers will pick those up and hand them to me and we'll sort through them. Uh, probably just to be fair as well, I will probably group the questions together. So I'm not going to say, Bob says, you know, I'm going to just kind of put the questions together in, in groups and then we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pose them that way. If you feel like your question wasn't uh, specifically answered well enough, feel free to bug any of us and uh, to get to some, some more clarity on things. We really want the Sunday to be about clarity. I want to start by, uh, before I open us in prayer, I want to start by reading Peter's exhortations to the elders that he was uh, writing to. The elders who are among you, I exhort. I, who am a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly, not as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive the crown of glory that does not fade away. Let's pray. Father, we ask that you would really bless this time that we spend uh, communicating what you've been doing in our hearts, how you've been leading us forward as a church, how you've been knitting us together as an eldership. We pray, Lord, that you would give us wisdom and clarity to how to communicate this well, and that, Father, that your Holy Spirit would knit our hearts together as a church, that we would be on board with what it is you're doing with your church. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you serve us and that this is your church. And so we pray you bless this time in Jesus' name. Everyone who agrees says, amen. amen. So, so uh, I'm going to turn over to these guys. Uh, who's going to share first? Hi everyone. Um, I'm, I'm Adam, and I uh, am a previous deacon, uh, previous elder. I've been a trustee at Servants for Donkey's Years, and uh, now I'm a elder candidate again. But um, I'm going to share with you about sort of uh, taking the transition that we talked about last year and taking that into some action over the last year. So um, I think it was about this time last year. John did a well, gave the news, really, that he felt that the Lord was calling him and Sarah to uh, move on. And he gave a presentation about how that was going to happen and that uh, it was going to be a bit of a transition. So there was going to be some time where he was going to kind of um, hand over his responsibilities, really, to uh, someone else. And last year, the trustees decided that we would advertise for uh, an associate pastor position and the idea behind that was that this man would uh, come into servants and would come in for a period of time learning under John and gradually kind of taking his responsibilities and becoming the lead pastor of the church. So we put a, an advert together and we put that out 
uh, sometime last year. And unfortunately, in the first deadline, we didn't have any interest, which was disappointing for us. But uh, after that disappointment, we kind of realized that a lot of that was just timing of uh, putting the advert out and some of the wording of the advert. So we put the advert out again uh, late last year with a deadline for the 31st of March. And this time we had um, not a lot of interest, but some interest. So we had 20 uh, guys request uh, an application. And by the 31st of uh, March, we had five uh, men hand in an application. And so at that point, we had to start looking at their um, application, looking at their references. And, and in that process, um, we chose three men uh, to come to a first interview. Um, two of the men we were unanimous on about bringing to interview. The third guy we weren't so certain of, but what made us certain about him was listening to one of his sermons, and it was very clear to us that he had uh, a real gift of teaching uh, and had a very pastoral heart. So we did the first interviews um, in April, and we just interviewed the men on their own. So we asked them um, all the same questions, uh, and then we had some specific questions for each man, depending upon their uh, reference. And out of those first interviews, it was clear to us that there were two brothers that uh, we felt should come back for a second interview. Uh, the other brother was a great guy, a really great brother in the Lord, but we felt as a leadership team that he was called to stay uh, in the country where he was serving. And um, it's interesting, when we emailed him and said that uh, he wasn't going to come back for a second interview, he said it was the best rejection he'd ever had. And so, we've, so we've, we've also got a link with that guy now, so we keep in contact with him uh, in, in sort of student ministry type things. But I think I would say uh, for all of us that that first interview was a really blessed experience. And it was a blessed experience because we were able to get to know men who really loved God and really wanted to serve him. And for me personally, I just was really blessed and encouraged by the fact that all over the world, God is raising up men to serve in his church. You know, in Ephesians 4, it talks about God raising up leaders to, uh, you know, edify the body of Christ uh, in the knowledge of Jesus and in the unity of faith. And I really felt that through this uh, first interview um, process. It was a real blessed experience. But anyway, now I'm going to hand over to Josh, and he's going to talk a bit about the second interviews. Yeah, so I, first I just say I uh, completely agree with Adam that, that the first interviews were just really, really good at just reaffirming that it, it, God has his church, um, that, that, it's, that these were three godly guys um, who, yeah, God, God is... Um, uh, uh, God will use to lead his church not two of them not here um, but it was so encouraging to see that God has some really godly men um, leading his church um, around the world and um, so if the, f if the first interview was um, to try and sort of assess the eligibility or the um, uh, and ensure that they were um, uh, sort of qualified to, to be elders um, the second interview that we were bringing the two guys back for 
was to, it was a more informal interview, um, and it was actually to, to, to get to know them as, as men, um, and, um, and not just as men. Um, crucially, we also had their wives in that interview, um, and I think that was a really, really helpful thing, because who knows, who knows a, a man better than his wife? Um, and, uh, and so they were able to offer some really, really helpful insight in that. And, uh, and also, crucially, um, our wives also joined uh, for, that, uh, uh, for that process as well. Um, so that, that, was, that was really good in terms of getting to, know the, 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 the getting to know the men. And I think when we went into the second interview, um, there, there was a few of us who... Um, we, weren't, we weren't at that time as a group of elders. We didn't all have... We weren't unanimous um, in our thinking of who we were going to going to choose at that point. Um, so going into the interview, there was actually one, one of them. There's a couple of us um, uh, who uh, we were teetering. Our I, I don't think we should maybe even bring this this second guy back um, uh, uh, for for a second interview. Um, uh, it's I I don't think he's going to fit quite so well. Um, uh, but actually. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think I even said to um, uh, so I even said um, uh, to, to Johnny and um, uh, and to Thomas that bef before the second interview, my mind is my mind is pretty much already made up. Um, I think this guy. On th there was one guy um, from uh, from Austria who, in particular, on paper, looked really good at leading a church, um, and um, uh, and. And I thought, like, yeah, this guy is, is probably the best replacement for John. Um, going into the second interview, I think, um, was really... Yeah, I, yeah, I, I said to, to Johnny and Thomas that it's going to take something really special. It's actually going to take... It, it, it's going to take a work of the Spirit in my heart, I think, to change my mind, um, to move away from this guy who is basically a, di a direct replacement for John. And, um, and uh, but actually, th during that second interview, um, we, we, we got to know the guys. We, we got to uh, sort of assess their character and see who would best fit to join an eldership team. Um, and actually, through that second interview, um, I think it really cemented for, for a lot of us that what, what are we actually trying to do here as a, as a church, we're, we're, as, a, as an eldership? We're not... We're not actually trying to find a direct replacement for John. Um, we, we, were, we were trying to find um, uh, somebody who would come in and co-lead um, uh, a, a, a group of uh, a group of guys who's, who were um, uh, uh, going to replace John. Um, and so, actually, there, even though there was one candidate on paper who was a stronger leader, he was actually the other candidate who appeared weaker on paper. Is, was actually a, a stronger candidate to come and co-lead. And that was because of the character that came out during that second interview. Um, and actually, what we, not that the other guy from Austria had a bad character, but there was a character in the guy who we eventually chose um, that was deficient among the, uh, the five or six of us. There, were, there was a character that was better placed to come in and co-lead rather than come in and be the ultimate, ultimate leader um, there. And, uh, but, and, and I think there, there, was a, there was a couple of us who thought that, yeah, the spirit really used that second interview to sort of cement what we were wanting to do 
and change, uh, to change certainly my heart. I was quite, uh, I thought that second interview was going to be a bit of a formality. No, we're, we're definitely going with this guy who was good on paper. Um, uh, but actually, the, the spirit and uh, it really used that second interview to, to, un to bring a unity um, uh, uh, to us as a group of elders um, about the decision and, um, and really cement the vision of what we're trying to do. Just, just to add to that, you know, the, 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 the big thing about all of this was we realised that the decision needed to be a unanimous one. You know, we couldn't have a divided situation. We couldn't have one who was strongly opposed or even two or more. So ultimately, all of this led to a, a unanimous decision concerning the brother that we're hiring as a church. Yes. And so that came to, all of this stuff was happening sort of individually behind the scenes. And then we all had to come together to chat about it, knowing that potentially some people favored one and some people favored the other. And so we had this discussion. And as each person sort of said what they felt, reluctantly kind of wanting to reveal who that they thought it was, we all gradually opened up to reveal who we thought it was being the person that we uh, we have chosen called Alex finally ending with Adam who just nailed his colors to the mast and it's like this is who we've got to go with which kind of freed us all up to go yeah well that's all kind of what we wanted to say but we were just a bit too afraid to say it and it's just it was just an amazing work of God's spirit God's power and spirit as we saw him and what his vision was for our church he brought us all into a unity and like Paul was saying there was no arguing. There was no um, having to, oh, this person's better because of this and that. There was an absolute unity in the spirit, and it felt like the Lord carried us um, into the decision. And it really encourages me, as a leadership, six, seven people, if we're seeking the Lord, we're going to get to the right decision. And, and, we, and, and it's going to be in unity, and it's going to be in submission to one another. So not only was it a God-breathed decision, God-led, it also encouraged me about the future of the leadership of this church. Um, and John actually was so tempted after the second interview to email us and say, well, this is the person we really should be going with. He'd written it all out, was going to press send, and he felt the Lord say, just wait, just see what the Lord wants to do amongst these men. Just, just you know, hold it. And, and he did. He, he brought us all into unity. Um, and as um, Josh was saying, the other candidate was an excellent candidate, but Alex is an excellent candidate for Servants Church. He has been specifically prepared for our church, and it's so encouraging to look at how the Lord has prepared him for our church. I, I cannot wait for him to come and be a part of it, not because he's an excellent candidate, because the other guy was also an excellent candidate, but because he's specifically excellent for our church. I really believe that. And... Um, like Josh was saying, he, the, the other candidate would have been a sidestep, but Alex is going to be a step forward into something new. So it's really exciting to look at what God wants to do with our church. It's not just us thinking of who we want to pick, picking someone and asking God to bless it. It really is God carrying us into his decision. He's, he's taking us into what his vision is rather than us asking him to bless ours. Um, and it really did cause us to embrace the the kind of vision that we thought we'd set out at the start. We kind of wanted a flattened leadership, but I don't know if you've ever heard the phrase, it's easy to get Israel out of Egypt, but it's, it's hard to get Egypt out of Israel. And, and that was kind of something that we had to go through as an eldership. We, we used to um, 
being led by one person, under one person, and that's going to be um, something that we as a church are going to have to adjust to, that it's going to be coming away from that A-frame model and into a flattened leadership. We're going to have to adjust, and we actually had to do that as an eldership as we were making this decision, and it led us to a person who really is going to have to um, cause us to embrace the flattened leadership, and instead of getting one pastor, you're now getting seven who are committed to serving you. You're getting seven pastors, seven elders who really want to serve your church, this church, really want to serve you. Um, it's not fair really to expect one person to do it all. It's not possible. There's only one person that can do that, and that's Jesus. He is now the head of our church. He's always been the head of our church. Scratch that. He is the head of our church. We are submitted under him equally, equal authority under his leadership. And um, so basically, what effectively happened, we had to slightly adjust the, um, the vision that we have to being a flattened eldership. And we really didn't want to waste all of the experience that John has. Um, he's, he's led this church for 20 years. Uh, for him to kind of hand off and move on would be a, a tragedy, really. And one of the concerns that we had about hiring another elder was will that person be able to raise up this eldership? Will he be able to train us, and will he have the experience to do so? But we already have that in John, and so we felt that by him coming alongside us for up to the next three years, he said um, in his initial announcement that he wouldn't stay beyond 2026, and so that's still going to remain, but now he's going to go down to a part-time role, and he's gonna, we're going to really benefit from him being able to pour himself out and all the experience, all the wisdom that he's gained into this eldership to, um, to make sure that it's strong and firm by the time he leads, uh, leaves. Um, I think that is everything. Did I miss anything? Yeah. I just want to say, too, if you go back and review the 11th of June last year, we talked about the, the desire to flatten the leadership. And I think it's something that uh, Adam will back me up on this, but we've been talking about this for, I've been talking about this for, well over a decade wanting to do this and that's that was one of the motivations for me going i think we have to go telling my wife i think we have to go i don't think this thing's going to get flat until we leave and so it's really amazing to me that the holy spirit worked it out in a completely different way to make sure that we can actually have this flattened eldership yeah and oh sorry even to the point where a few years ago a number of brothers um, got together and we we read through together over the best part of a year a book called Biblical Eldership which I absolutely recommend really really good and it really helped us to understand what that looks like and that of course is now the the, the vision that we have um, as a church and what we're we're working toward Great, and we've got um, a couple of videos. First is a little animation just to explain what I've just said in a more kind of succinct way. Should, it's like three minutes long, you can watch it again afterwards. Um, so there's that, and then followed by a video of Alex and his wife Annie and um, them having a little chat with John. Here is a little video to help explain the vision for the new leadership structure at Servants Church. Now, first of all, there are several functions when it comes to church leadership. In short, they consist of the practical day-to-day -day running of the church, biblical teaching responsibilities, pastoral care, and exercising authority in areas such as decision-making and vision casting. 
Up until recently, Servants Church has operated in what would be described as an A-frame model. This consists of one man acting as the lead pastor or lead elder, and he is responsible for the large majority of these leadership functions and holds the highest authority amongst the congregation. At varying points in our church's history, additional elders were appointed and served the lead pastor in taking some of those leadership responsibilities, such as teaching and pastoral care. However, these elders work full-time jobs and were not paid as staff of the church. The practical day-to-day -day running of the church remained with the lead pastor, as well as much of the authority and vision casting. What we want to achieve is a flattening of the structure of governance at Servants Church. We believe that this is more reflective of biblical teaching. In doing this, five elders have been appointed, each with differing function and gifting, but all with the shared authority and responsibility for church governance, teaching and care. These five elders will remain in their vocational setting but the role of lead pastor will now be changed to that of staff elder. We have also hired an additional staff elder to bring our current eldership team up to seven members. As well as strengthening the existing eldership, the newly appointed elder or staff elder will take on much of the practical day-to-day -day running of the church. He will also join the teaching team and take part in pastoral care. John will remain at Servants Church for up to three years and continue in a teaching role. But in gradually relieving him of church operations, we want to free him up to complete his master's degree and also turn his attention to training and equipping the eldership team. Before he leaves, we want to see him pass on the wisdom and experience he has gained from pastoring our church for nearly 20 years. This is where we believe the Lord is leading us for the future, and in humble submission to one another, we hope to better serve Christ and his church. It will require God's spirit and grace, but we're really excited about what the Lord has in store for us at Servants Church. Um, we, we hope at least it's clear at this point uh, you can go ahead and put the picture of uh, uh, the Vaca family. Is it up there? Okay. So, so one of the one of the things we're going to show you a video that kind of introduces uh, just Annie and Alex um, uh, to you. Um, one of the one of the things initially uh, that uh, I was one of the hesitant ones with Alex initially, and one of the reasons was as you'll see he's got a little bit of an accent. And it's an accent that I understand fine, but I wasn't so sure that the church would receive it. But that was one of the things that really uh, has, has been alluded already that we had to deal with. Because I kept thinking, like, okay, this, this thing needs to flatten, but someone's going to have to help these guys flatten. So who's going to be the guy? So I was leaning to the other guy from Austria as well, but thinking, no, I'm not comfortable with that either. And it wasn't until we, we just kind of all submitted to what the Holy Spirit was telling us to do and had that final discussion that we realized, actually, the Lord is replacing me already. He's already flattened this eldership. And, and we hope that as you guys uh, see uh, Alex and Annie, and they are um, committed to come to church camp, Lord willing, it's all going to work out. So uh, you'll get to meet them at church camp. They're going to come and camp. 
And so um, uh, we just hope that this video helps you get to know them a little bit better because we think their stories are pretty awesome. So you can go ahead and road that video. All right. Well, uh, team, I'm here with uh, Alex and Annie, and I'm really glad to, to finally get to introduce you guys. You've just heard, of course, the vision of where we're going as a church. And so now you get to you get to briefly meet them and we'll, I'll get, we'll get to meet them in person and their children, Lord willing, uh, at church camp. So, Alex, Annie, tell us a little about yourself, specifically uh, how you each came to know the Lord. Okay, well, I, I will go first, just because my wife asked me to go first, <laughs> otherwise she would be first. Well, yeah, well, I, I am Mexican, I, I was in Mexico, and I was raised as Catholic, uh, as Catholic. so I, I knew God, you know, I knew that God that exists and uh, who created everything, but for me at that moment it was a God, a distant God, it was a God that it, it was only fairy for me, it was something that there in in the in the sky in heaven that one day when i die i i i I'm, i will be meet meet him but i think everything everything changed when i was 11 when i was 11 my dad was killed uh, he was um head of the prison uh, he died just fulfilling his duty so i think well all my life changed at that moment and then my mom uh, well, she was forced to 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 grow up, uh, me and my other three siblings. So it was a difficult time. My mom, she never married again, so she was on her own, and I grew up with her. She 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 taught me everything, but I was lost, you know, when I was teenager, when I was youth, I was without direction. I could say I I didn't find any purpose in my life. And I remember well that that season because I was thinking, what is really the purpose of this life? You know, I know I know that I I need to study, I need to work, I like to have a family, wife, children. But I was thinking, is is that all? Really, is that all? I, 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 it cannot be. It cannot be. It was that in my mind for many many years. But when I was youth, obviously without direction, I followed uh, my friends. And I did a lot of, of bad things and I, I got into drugs and alcohol, parties, friends. So it was a, like, a, like a hurricane in my life in those years. Until one day, a friend, I was 22, 23, I, I think, a friend uh, tricked me. <laughs> he said, hey, would, you, would you like to go to a party on Saturday? And I said, yes, of course, yes, why not? So we went to that party, but it wasn't a party, it was a... Uh, youth group. It was a youth service, actually. So once I was there, it was a church that it looked like a house. So I was inside, and then I, I found all these guys, you know, my same age, and they all they were worshiping God. They, they were saying, you know, singing to God with passion, uh, uh, and I was thinking, oh, you know, it was very weird for me because as Catholic, we it is it is it, we don't do that. Well, we the Catholics don't do that. So I was there in the middle of these guys, and, and then, well, I, I stayed there the whole service, 20, 30 minutes, and I heard the sermon, and I felt something. I felt, this is different. I felt something. My friend came came to me, and he said, oh, sorry, sorry, I, went, I didn't want to lie to you, but it was the only way that you were going to come to the church. And I said, well, yes, yes, of course, <laughs> that, that is for sure. So, but then, then I started to ask questions. Why did you worship God, you know, 
like that. And they say, well, God is real. God is here. God is listening. And for me, that changed everything because for me, God was a distant God. So then, well, I started to go to that church uh, every week, every week, every week. And then God changed my heart, really. It was a big, big change in my life. 180 degrees. Uh, I left my, my past life, really, in a few weeks. It was a big change. Uh, I know that God changed my heart and my 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 nature so i started to, to to get involved with the church because for me it was like it was god is amazing i was thinking god is real and god is working now and he's changing lives and he's listening to your prayers and, and I, I saw that in my life it, I, I could touch it so it was that real for me that that everything changed my character my family uh, my job, I, I had a purpose for first time in my life. I had a purpose for my life and not only for this life, but for eternity. And that is what I was looking for. Something for more than this life, something beyond this life. So, well, I, I just got involved with the church and I said to God, God, I just want to serve you full time. I just want to, to be here. So I got involved with, I got involved with uh, mission trips, uh, youth services. Uh, Bible studies, all that, all that the church was doing, I was there, I was there every week, every day, I was there. So, yes, that, that is how I, I, I God found me. Uh, it is all about God. It is all about God and, and to God be all the glory. Well, then I met Annie and I came to Wales 11, 11 years ago, but that is another story, <laughs> another cup, cup of tea, as, as you said, guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's when Annie comes in. So, Annie, tell us a bit of your story. Uh, so uh, my story is not too dissimilar from Alex's story. Um, I was raised in a very atheist household. Um, I mean, atheist in the true sense of the word. They were anti-God. Um, <clears throat> and they used to ridicule Christians, especially Christians, you know, other faiths as well, but primarily Christians. And I knew from a very young age that that they were wrong and it used to make me very angry, but I didn't know why and I didn't know um I knew I knew I believed in God, but I didn't know who Jesus was or I didn't know anything about Christianity. And of course, I wouldn't have been allowed to go to a church. Um, so I was raised in a very um, sort of toxic um, environment in terms of, uh, of faith. Uh, my parents divorced when I was 13 and um, we my two siblings and I, we were um, left on our own a lot of the time. Um, and we, so we, we grew up very independently and um, we, uh, we struggled through our adolescent years. I had a very, very difficult adolescence um, and I decided that as soon as I was uh, old enough and I had the, the means to do so, I was going to get away and I was going to travel around the world and I was going to flee um, all these feelings of, of disappointment and um, resentment that I had against my family members. Um, so... I studied languages and that's what I began to do. I began to travel and I began to move around the world in 10 month contracts. Um, and then I met Alex in Mexico and um, he shared a little bit about um, how he, he knew his father's killers. He knew their names. He, he, he bore no grudge against them and he'd forgiven them and he wished them well. And at that time I had no relationship with my dad and a, a strained relationship with my mum. And I remember it, it was like a, a knife to my heart I thought how can you forgive the people who took your father away and I can't even reach out to my own dad who's alive and well 
And I asked him, how can you, how can you feel that way? How can you say that? And he said, Jesus. And um, he shared with me about how, how Jesus is the way that we can forgive and, you know, we can cast all our burdens on him and he will, he will help us with, with um, issues of unforgiveness and, and that things like that. So I thought I would um, put God to the test almost. So um, I prayed, you know, God, if you're real, help me to, to get rid of this burden that's strangling me. Um, and little by little, he, he did. He completely transformed my heart. Um, as I began, I began going to church with Alex while we were courting. And um, he, God just slowly and gently began to mold my heart and um, bring about these feelings of forgiveness, not overnight, but gradually. And um, I reached out to my parents and um, we sort of reconstructed our relationships and we, we healed our relationships and praise God, we have a wonderful, wonderful family relationship um, today with, with all of my family members. And um, that was the first miracle, the first visible miracle I saw in my life. And for me, that was absolutely undeniable. I knew that God was real and I knew that, that Jesus was the only one who could have carried out that miracle in my heart. And so it, it all started there. And from then on, I just wanted to dive in with God and um, just, you know, allow myself to be used more and more by him. Amen. Awesome. Well, I, I hope that when uh, we watch this as a team that you guys are excited to meet these guys as a person as, as I am. Uh, thank you so much, Alex and Annie. Uh, we are praying. I know one of the things we're praying for specifically is a house. And uh, if we if we find anything or you find anything, we'll, we'll communicate about that as soon as possible. And uh, hopefully, again, Lord willing, we'll get to see you guys in person with the kids uh, at church camp. So thanks so much. Uh, and we will we'll talk soon. All right. Yes, thank you very thank much. Thank you. God bless you. Good. Well, there you go. I know some of you have been waiting a long time to see who is this family that's finally going to come. And that's them. That's Alex and uh, Annie. And they have two children. Is it Joseph and Arwen? Joseph and Arwen. So Annie's from Wales. So. Um, they are a really beautiful family. We've fallen in love with them over Zoom. <laughs> So, you know, we're really excited for them coming here in person, and, and we know you, I'm sure, will fall in love with them as well. Um, I'm just going to read from Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 2. This is what came to me this morning when uh, thinking about sharing. Therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance, the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We're all on this race, aren't we? Each of us individually, collectively as a local church, and You've heard already from, from the other guys that, that this has been a process and we've been on a journey. And it's right to be expectant of this new season. And we want to see the church grow, don't we? And we want to see souls saved. That's a sign of growth. And we want to see the church's influence 
in our communities, in our societies. That's how we want the church to grow. And with this growth comes greater need for hands on deck, for people to join and serve on ministry teams, and of course a new financial goal. And this combination of a big vision and generous hearts leads us rightfully to a place of faith. I remember my dad sharing when I was young, he said, you know, giving me fatherly advice, he would say, you can't steer a stationary ship. And on this sheet, if you look at your sheet, it says moving forward together, which I love. And it excites me to think of a church moving forward with action and intention, a local church and the global church. And as I hope you can see, God has been steering. We've taken steps forward and God is steering. And I believe he's steered us into what we believe is, is a more biblically based uh, form of leadership for, for the church. And with that, we significantly, as Johnny pointed out, we increase the capacity to lead and to lead you through, through um, service out of love. Now, as we continue to grow as a, as a body, we want everyone to be involved. And we want this to be a church where your God-given gifts are applied and utilized and where you can joyfully give. Because each of you have God-given gifts. Not for the benefit of yourself, but for the benefit of the body. And it's really part of our role as elders to shepherd that, to draw these gifts out of you, to identify and encourage them. But also, as, we, as we've pointed out, Jesus is our chief shepherd, and we know he is working in your hearts. I just want to highlight, yesterday we had a, a learning and development day for the elders and for people serving on ministry team led by John. Wonderful day of teaching of Bible handling skills. And we were there as families. Now the only way that we were there, were there as families was because Jess and her daughters looked after our children. And Jiden and Jiden And looked after our kids. Now that is, it could easily go missed. It was something maybe in the background. But it didn't go unnoticed. We were so grateful that they were willing to give up their Saturday to care for our children so that we could sit and learn from the Bible. That sort of service, those gifts applied, are what we want to encourage. And so Jess and, and co, <laughs> thank you so much for yesterday. From a financial point of view, we have a new financial goal, and it's increased this year by £34,000. So this financial year is between April this year to March next year. So that's an annual increase from 150000 to just over £180,000. And that's an average, it's an average budget for a, char, uh, for a church our size. And financial need is another sign of a healthy church moving forward. Now, 
£34,000 might sound like a lot of money. Uh, it is a lot of money, but if you break that down uh, between 120 or so adults that are here in this church, it starts to look a bit more manageable and achievable as a personal goal. So please do pray about increasing or even starting your giving to the church. It's certainly one way in which we can move forward together. And you can get creative with it. You know, there's no reason why you can't run a, a marathon. I'm looking at you, Mike, on behalf of the church. Or a cake sale or something to raise funds for the £5,000 that we need to install disabled parking at Hillcrest. So there are opportunities to be creative and to get involved, and we encourage that. Ultimately, I hope that you see that we are a church that wants to grow to serve Jesus, to see more souls saved, and we are growing. You can see evidence from that this morning, and I believe we have now a healthy structure for growth. And I hope that this morning has, has helped you to see where we're at, and I hope it's stirred in your spirit a sense of excitement about this local church that you are part of and that this information helps you in your own stepping out of faith. So with this information that you've had and with all that you've heard, I know it's a lot to take in in a short amount of time, but we do want to, uh, we, we have been very keen to open this time for questions and we'll do our best to give some answers. Now I know, John, you've been working on some questions, so why don't you um, get us started? Yeah, for sure. Um, so, so some of the questions that have come up, again, I'm trying to put some of these together. But some of the questions uh, that, that have come up have been around this idea of a flattened eldership. And sometimes they're practical about the future, sometimes they're practical about the present. So here, the first one's a, a practical question about the present uh, for us. And the question is basically, um, in a flattened eldership, who's the first point of contact for any pastoral issue? I, I would say any of us, any of us, um, uh, you, you're, you're, we are all um, equally approachable um, uh, and we may not all have the capacity and if somebody and if one of us doesn't have the capacity because we just had a baby um, or for whatever reason, um, then there's another, there's another, there will be another six guys, there's another five guys at the moment um, and um, any of us, we are, we're all approachable. Um, I mean, and e even even outside of the, outside of the eldership, have a chat to your home group leader. Um, have a chat to your other brothers and sisters in the church as well. I think what we're trying to model um, uh, as an eldership is we're trying to be an example of pastoral care to increase pastoral care towards one another within the congregation. Um, uh, and so we want that to we want that to be increasing. Um, uh, but obviously, there are with, with certain with certain needs, um, it is better to go to um, uh, first home group leaders, um, uh, and then um, uh, and then um, an eldership, uh, any member of the eldership team. I, I, I would say, you know, scripture is always your first point of <laughs> where you start for for that support, for that insight, that input into your life. Um, 
I think one of the things I've noticed, uh, having a, a, a number of men in eldership, is that we can see things slightly differently. And so we can identify people who are going through different types of struggles. Um, and so, you know, we, we have our own experiences and have our own insights. I was just talking to a new family today, hi guys, about mission work and their daughter's interested in mission work. How wonderful. And I've spent a lot of my life on, in, in mission and around that community. So I can speak into that. I can, I can talk about that with confidence and excitement as well. And, and uh, these guys will all have their different insights from their own professional careers and, and they will be able to see that and pick that up and hopefully approach you as well when, when it may be that you need some help. I was just going to say that um, I, I think the, the strength of uh, a biblical eldership is, is the fact that uh, there's a team, that there's uh, more than one man. I mean, I've uh, been serving on and off now with John for, well, 12 years, and I've kind of watched uh, and been involved with him in service, and I've seen the, <coughs> the strain that, that John can be under in being the only recognized elder in the church, and, uh, and he, him having the heart to kind of help people pastorally, but just not being able to do it because he just doesn't have the capacity and so I think that the Bible is clear about eldership that it's more than one man for, for this very reason, that we can't, not one of us can do it all. We're, 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 we're all imperfect and have different uh, situations and different scenarios in our life. And so um, I think the Spirit brings elderships together for the very purpose of meeting the different needs uh, within the church pastorally. But I would agree with Josh that any of us are, are, are here to, to be spoken to at any time. I mean, I've got experience of being called at 2 a.m. in the morning. So, uh, you know, that's, uh, you know, even in the nighttime as well, you know, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's a 24-hour it's a thing. Uh, it's good that, to know that Adam's going to be the night shift guy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think everyone will be happy about that. Everyone <laughs> might not like that. Uh, yeah, and I think, too, one of the ways that we want to uh, sort of model being points of contact is we're points of contact for each other. And so I, I don't go, okay, well, see, Adam, I think, well, Paul's the oldest, but Adam has been serving as an elder long. I, I don't, that doesn't, doesn't come into my head. Or I live with Josh, so none of those things come into my head. It's, it's really just I have a need. Who's the brother who's right, in, right here? Or, or, or all the brothers, can they help? And this actually, some of this goes back to the, the first series we did back from COVID was one another, the mo one of the series. And it might be good to revisit that. Um, because, you know, the Lord wants to use us all in each other's life. That's what we mean by a culture of discipleship. So anybody else want to share that before we go to the next question? No? Okay. So, so there, again, a couple other questions that revolve around, um, make sure I got that right. Yes, that revolve around um, sort of having, you know, seven elders and what that means for the future. And the questions revolve around sort of Hillcrest and, and, is this, um, uh, does this mean that we're going to then do something different there? Or are we going to now make that a separate church, that sort of a thing? Uh, generally speaking, I can, I can speak for all of us that we don't have a plan for that per se. But the good news is because there's seven of us, we can pray into that. But, um, you, you know, with that, with the desire to see Hillcrest grow and eventually have things like children's ministry, uh, available. Um, what do you guys want? How do you guys want to feed into that? 
Yeah, I think one of the exciting things about Hillcrest is that, you know, there's a lot of um, new homes being built there. There's a lot of families that are moving into that area. And with that, great opportunity, of course, for us as a church to be a witness into that community. Um, I think sometimes people get the idea that, you know, perhaps Hillcrest is sort of an add-on or something. It's not. We're one church in two locations. So even today's um, sort of conversation that we're having right now, we're going to repeat to the families and all those that come this afternoon to Hillcrest. Um, What we're seeing there is that a a, a real response from the community with mums and dads and children and things midweek, so it's a wonderful facility to have, and we we, we can see that that will grow um, already to the point where it's almost outgrowing us. Um, I think we had 74 there um, just a week ago, which is a lot. So there's a lot of good things happening there. Um, but it is, it, we, we, and we need to continue to see that, that we are one church in two locations. It's not something that's sort of an afterthought. Yeah, I mean, you look at the Old Testament and God's commission to man is be fruitful and multiply, and then again go forth and make disciples in the New Testament. So Hillcrest is an addition, it's, it's, it's a no-brainer, that our church should expect to grow and that Hillcrest should expect to grow along with that because it's an expression of the Great Commission. So even, you know, even yourselves, you could think, well, maybe I should start investing in Hillcrest. Maybe that's something that we would like to go and invest into. You know, um, it's that kind of missional outlook that we want to have as a church. This room can only hold so many people and we have another building as well. So um, that is part of our our hearts as well. Um, like John said, we haven't expressly come up with a strategy for Hillcrest, but you, you know, it's like I say, it's an expression of God's plan for His church, and so it inevitably will come into conversation sooner rather than later, I guess. All right. So this next set of questions. This next set of questions, kind of, it's it's. Uh, kind of revolves around the idea of teaching and this idea of first among equals. Um, the first among equals is, a, is an idea that you have equal quality in eldership, but one has a primary function often in vision casting, often in pulpit ministry. And so the question is about, um, you know, the person that's coming on, will they be the first among equals? Uh, I can answer that directly, No. Uh, when Alex comes on and he knows this, in fact, when we offered him the job, we said, listen, we're actually offering you a job that's different than what we advertise. Are you okay with that? And his response, uh, as I was explaining what it is, uh, his smile got bigger and bigger. And he just said, I'm just so blessed that, you know, to, uh, to come on staff. He said, I was hearing you guys interview me and thinking you want something different than what you advertised, but I like that better. And so it was just perfect. And I should say this too, that we didn't mention, I think it was his second interview that he mentioned to us that, you know, he's, a, he's graduated from, uh, another question was, tell us more about Alex, so I'm answering that too. He's graduated from the, the seminary that I'm probably going to do my master's from, Union, and um, uh, he's a very solid guy, very good teacher, uh, but uh, one of the things that came up was, when he's looking now for a job, he's kind of doing all this uh, research to see where he wants to apply for jobs. His, his professional experience, he was a bank manager for, for many years, over a decade. And uh, so he's looking for, for a job in ministry for the first time. 
And as he looks at all these churches, he's telling, he, he and Annie are saying, we don't want to be in any of these churches. And then they found Servant's Church. And he goes, I want to go to that church. And so he applied, and his wife basically said, I don't think they're going to hire you. <laughs> that church is big. You have no experience by the advert. And the, the truth was, this is why we were kind of thinking, he doesn't fit being this kind of lead pastor guy. But that's not what we were, we ended up realizing. That's what the Holy Spirit wanted. So um, we just really see him as a, as a great fit. So then the question comes along, like, what about teaching? How does that work for teaching responsibilities? Um, so I don't know if you, any of you guys want to say something about that. Can I make a comment about the first language? Is, is yeah, that right? please. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, we recognize that, um, you know, there are times uh, in church leadership decisions where, you know, uh, sometimes there can be uh, differing opinions. And um, part of the role of the, you know, first among equals is to, to have that final say when there's a, a, a differing of opinions. And I think one of the things that we're thinking about and praying about, this is not, I'm not saying this is what we're going to do, but what we're thinking about is uh, we believe in a plurality of eldership that each one of us has an equal um, say or an equal uh, authority in the eldership, but that what we'll have is each year there'll be what's called an executive elder. Uh, and, and, and that executive elder will have, you could say, the, the, the role of first among equals in those kinds of scenarios of uh, a differing opinions. And the key is that our thoughts are that that executive elder will change every year. So it's not going to be the same person every year. It will change every year. So uh, I think that's, that's a good way of doing it. It's protective uh, against any kind of uh, personality uh, traits that are trying to take over or uh, any nuances in, in, in opinions. Um, so I just wanted to share that, bro, that that's, that's something we're thinking about. And I think it's worth pointing out that we, we collectively understand that we're pursuing un, u, uh, a unanimous decision in these. That's our pursuit. That's what we want. And in the event that that maybe can't happen, then we will deal with that with the executive um, elder position, but our heart is is to is to pursue that unity. Yeah. So far, even with this whole process, what we've done is that um, we've wanted to pursue uh, that unity, that un- uh, unanimity. You know, that we all agree 100% on decisions. And when it was a, a lesser decision, i.e., who to interview, we just th- th- those that didn't agree just deferred to those that did want it and said, that's yeah, fine. You guys, we'll, we'll go ahead and, and follow through. And we're really glad that we did <laughs> because it ended up being the guy, that w- the guy that we didn't want is the guy we ended up hiring. And we're just like so thankful that this is the guy. Um, and, and oftentimes we can put off a decision until we all agree. That's sometimes how God brings the timing of these things. Other times when we actually have to make a decision, there's it's something, it's a crisis that has to be decided. We'll have a, a majority rule. There'll be seven of us. And then if it still feels contentious, then, then it'll be that, that rule of the first one equals to say, uh, to say, you know what, guys, we should either wait or, you know what, we have to make a decision and we're going to do this now. So we'll make sure that nothing gets deadlocked. Uh, part of the question was about teaching. Yeah. And, yeah, we will be sharing that responsibility. You know, the staff elders have more time to their disposal so they can prepare. They have maybe will have the lion's share of responsibility. But um, as elders, um, um, we will be uh, partaking in that responsibility as well. I think when, uh, when Alex does start, um, uh, hopefully in, in, in July, um, we, I think we will be giving him a few months of just settling in 
a period. So I, I think probably maybe three months or so is what we were thinking, where he probably won't um, uh, teach. His main um, his main function in those three months will be getting to know you guys and getting to gel with the team um, and getting to learn all of the practical bits that John does uh, week to week. Um, uh, and um, and so he probably won't be teaching for a little while um, on a Sunday morning from the front, although we're really hopeful he'll be teaching you one-to-one -one and giving you counsel and um, supporting you and loving you um, straight away. Um, so come to church camp. Yeah, yeah, amen. Come to church camp for sure because I think you'll love, you can really fall in love with them like we did. I really think you will. They're great people. Um, yeah, with that, the, there is a plan uh, as far as teaching goes. So the teaching schedule is going to be f similar to the way it is now, uh, probably for the rest of 2023. Um, and then what will happen is uh, rather than me teaching three or four times a month, I'll be teaching two or three times a month, and then I'll be teaching just twice a month. And then, you know, down the road, eventually, uh, I'll only be teaching once a month, and then we'll right off into the uh, sunset eventually. Um, but, the, but, the, but the goal is... The goal is to, we're uh, praying, and this leads me to the kind of final question, uh, which was, how can we pray for you as elders? And I'm so thankful for that question, because this is something you really should, as much as we need to pray for you, you guys need to pray for us. We are one family. And one of the ways you can pray for us is there's really practical needs. Alex and Annie need a house, and it's really hard. If you're looking for a house right now, you know how hard it is to find a house. Rental uh, or buy, they need to rent. So it's really, really tough. Uh, so pray for that right house to, to come to pass. Um, uh, also, um, uh, let, you know, Adam, I don't know if you guys realize Adam's a GP. And uh, I think, are you still the only GP at your surgery? Uh, I am the only GP now. Last yeah. two weeks, yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, that's, that's crazy. So we're really praying that God provides GPs for Adam. <laughs> and so that he can balance ministry, family, and work. Uh, and so that, that he has the freedom in the future to teach more, as, as we all believe he's a really gifted teacher. Uh, Johnny as well. Johnny's really praying that his business continues to grow and he can hire somebody so that uh, he can spend more time teaching. Uh, I'm trying to twist uh, Thomas's arm to teach more. But you guys can put pressure on him for me. That'll work. That'll work. Um, so we are dividing the teaching uh, uh, positions up. Uh, and so you are going to get the same expository, Jesus-centered teaching you've always had at Servants. It'll just be through more different, just a, a bigger group of people. You want to add? Anyone want to add? Any teaching? Okay, so you can pray for us practically and our families. Pray for our wives. Uh, it's a big deal to, to, the wives, our wives make sacrifices so that you guys were available for you guys. You need to really pray for them and pray for us to have wisdom to not balance that. Uh, you can also uh, pray for us to continue to grow. Um, so this is not a, th though I am happy to, to stay and, and uh, continue to train up these guys. In fact, one of the questions that came up was every candidate was like, how come there's not someone there to replace, replace you, John? And I felt so guilty about that, like I've failed. But actually, there's five guys that are going to replace me, and we just happen to be hiring a sixth. So, so I'm really excited about that. When you say five guys, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm thinking like burgers. I was thinking burgers the whole time, five guys. Uh, uh, but, yeah, so, so we're really excited about what God's going to do with all that. Uh, but so pray for our families, of course. Pray for provision, practical provision, so that we all have the time to do what we're going to need to do. Um, yeah, uh, pray for the transition. It, you know, 
Pray for Alex and Annie as they're coming. Can you imagine coming to be that guy? All the pressure that that he's going to feel. This is the way you can help with that is to treat him like one of us as opposed to you're the guy. And, uh, and then receive from him. This is a big transition for you guys. You're going to have to learn to receive from him because he's going to eventually be in charge of all the operations. And I, I predict in a few months' time I'll be saying, you need to call Alex about that. You need to call Alex about that because you guys will be calling me thinking, oh, he's the staff guy. Well, I'm going down the three days a week. He's going to be full-time, so a lot of stuff will be him taking care of stuff. If you have a pastoral need, as we said before, uh, you can come to any of us. We'd be happy to meet that need. So, but that's how you can pray for us. Yeah, perhaps a couple of other things. Um, obviously, they have two young children, so when they come, they're going to be looking for a suitable school for them. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of change for this family, and um, and and it's not all going to happen at once. So, you know, once they come, we obviously we want to help them as best we can. Um, and the other thing about Alex is that, as was mentioned already, you know, he's in a previous um, when he was back in Mexico, he was a bank manager for 10 or 12 years so he's got a lot of experience about being organized and all these type of things and we're certain that that's going to be um, beneficial to all of us and how things get administrated at servants church in the future yeah amen paul since you're standing uh why don't you close us in prayer <laughs> paul you're standing or you were standing and and then uh, i'm only small <laughs> do, do, do and you then think uh, if you have John, any more questions, feel free John, to come up and ask us. John, do you think that we should um, have a time of um, prayer where people in the congregation can pray as well? Yeah, Maybe. sure. Um, sure. So uh, I, I think it would be good to do that, everyone, to maybe take a few minutes. If you, if you feel led to pray, um, then pray for us. Um, pray for Alex and Annie. And then, so if I start in prayer, and then Paul, if you if you close, is that all right? Yeah, and then so so all of us are going to pray because I think Kelly's asking if if they can pray. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah, let, let's do that. Okay, so if all the families want to come up, mine's doing Sunday school. I think some are, others are as well with kids. But any families available for, can go. Oh, Bubs, yeah. Um, and then, uh, if, if, uh, you guys want to come up, a few of you pray for, for the sake of the children's ministry workers, uh, whoever can, wants to come up can come up. It's fine. Um, but for the sake of the children's ministry workers, if, um, uh, maybe just, uh, a couple of you pray and then, uh, uh, Adam will pray and Paul will pray and we'll close it at that. So, <laughs> So anybody wants to come up, that's you're welcome to. Paul, do you have a you have a mic still? And Adam, you have a mic still? Yeah. So you just want to hand the mics to the people that want to pray. So maybe just a few of you guys praying, and then we'll go from there. I'll just I'll, I'll start off in prayer then. Father, we do thank you for this time, Lord. We thank you for uh, the chance to uh, talk about the. Um, transition and talking about the future of the church and uh, we, we're so thankful for what you've done uh, in this time in, in leading us as a leadership team lord and in uh, directing our hearts to, to unity about uh, alex and, and annie and we we are so excited by uh, them coming to, to servants and we're so excited about what you're going to do lord in the future mm-hmm. uh, and we thank you that um uh, you 
use all people in the church, Lord. Uh, we are a family in Christ. We are united in Christ, and you want to use all people, Lord. And so, Lord, let this be a time where, uh, as the, the leadership grows and develops, that the whole church will grow and develop in, in the callings that you've given each one of us. And so we pray for this in, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father, we just want to say, Lord, this is um, a really great thing that you have done, God. Um, we just want to thank you for your mercy, your grace, your love, your compassion, Lord, to your church. Um, I thank you, Lord, that you are the head of this church. I thank you that you've been leading, Lord, this whole time. Um, I thank you, Lord, that you have taken... Um, uh, the, the elders that you have appointed, Lord, on this journey, Lord, through this whole process, God, I've just heard from them say so much, Lord, it's been such a blessing, Lord. I thank you for the blessing, Lord, you've given them in encouraging them in this position of uh, leadership, God. Um, I thank you, Lord, for putting it in each of their hearts, Lord, to um, follow through to what you've called them to do, God. We recognize, God, this is not an easy thing, Lord. This is a difficult thing, God. Um, and this is something, Lord, that you say is a noble task. Um, and Lord, I pray, Father, for each of them, God. I pray your Holy Spirit upon them. I can see the work of your Holy Spirit, God, in each of their lives, Lord, for um, in their particular situation, Lord, that even this task of being an elder, Lord, is your grace to them. And you're, you're going to work through them in this, Lord, to become more like Jesus. Um, I pray, God, that they would be good examples for this church, Lord, that we can look to, Lord. Um, I pray that they would be people, God, who would just be um, good reflections of you, Lord. Uh, they all are um, <laughs> sinners, Lord, just like we all are, Lord, um, but they are following after you, God. And I pray, God, that they would just be able to keep in step with your spirit, Lord. I pray for that unity just to increase. I pray, Lord, for your um, wisdom to be upon them, God, in all things. Um, I just, Lord, I just, I'm just so joyful and thankful, God, that you have done this, Lord. This is a good thing, God. I pray, Lord, as a church, they would just feel our support and our love for them, Lord, and um, that we would just give them, Lord, the... Um, uh, encouragement, Lord, the um, respect, Lord, and just just to be your church, Lord, under their um, leadership and authority that you have given them, God. And we recognize, Lord, that you are the person who sets people in positions of authority, God. And Lord, we just thank you for your grace, Lord, to your church. Amen. Oh, Father, I thank you so much for just bringing us together this day. I thank you for the work that you are doing in our church and in our hearts, Lord. I just want to take this opportunity to pray for the congregation as we go through this um, this <coughs> massive change in Servants Church. I know my heart is struggling to kind of accept that, and I'm sure there's the, the loads of people in the congregation that are feeling the same. And I just pray for our hearts to unite together um, in Christ and to know that God is doing this work, to know that God is the one that is going before us in the hearts of these elders and in the hearts of the congregation. And I just pray that those that are struggling with these changes, Lord, that they, they are open about it and that they go to the elders about it and just to, to brothers and sisters and just be accountable for their own feelings, Father God, because you know, the enemy will want to work in our hearts also, um, but I just pray that the Spirit is strong in this church, that the Holy Spirit just guides this church and works in this church's hearts as we move together this year, 2023, 2024, see these major changes come into our church. And I pray 
for Alex and Annie as they come, that the we, we greet them with open hearts, that we love them as much as we love John and Sarah, which will be difficult, I know, but Lord, you can, you can work these things, Father God, into our hearts as you are working in all of our leaders. And I do also just pray for the leaders and their wives as they come under attack by the enemy, Father God, uh, as they move forward in you, that you are just with them, that you you shield them, that you protect them, that they come to you with their worries and their concerns, knowing, Lord, that you, you are the ultimate. You have them in the palms of your hands, and you will crush the enemy, and you are crushing the enemy, because he's been defeated already, and I do just pray, Father, I pray for them. Um, yeah, I thank you. Thank you for everything that you're doing, and I thank you that I am a part of it. We all, every single one, is a part of it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. And Father God, I just want to pray for um, all of the elders' families, Lord, all their children, God. I especially pray for Alex and Annie's children, Father. In this time of transition, Lord, it is hard for for the elders, Lord, for all of us as the congregation, Lord, and for the wives, but Lord, for these children that have, to a degree, limited understanding of what's going on, but knowing their parents are taking on more responsibility, Lord, and seeing that in a way, I pray that they would see you, Jesus. I pray that they would see more of an example of you in, in their mum and their dad, Lord, in, in the church around them, God, and that they would, um, they would grow closer to you in this process too. Would you open their hearts, Lord, as young as they may be, from tiny little Max over here to... Um, I, even Jiden, Lord, as he's growing in his faith already, amazing, Lord, just all of these, um, all of these families, Lord, would you strengthen, would you unify in this process, Lord, would you bring them closer to you, would you set, Lord, the foundation for these children, Lord, to come to know you and see Jesus working in their lives, Lord, see Jesus working in the church around them, and, and I pray for Alex and Annie's children as well, um, their names slip my mind, but Lord, there's a big transition, Lord, would they feel like this is their family, God, would they come, would they make friends, Lord, would they feel comfortable, Lord, would you help them to um, make that transition in a smooth way, Lord, would we greet them, Lord, help us to greet them, Lord, as we greet one another when we enter this room, and Lord, with that, would you help us, Lord, to be better at that, would you help us to reach out to those, Lord, in this church, Lord, who maybe we don't turn to on the Sunday morning, God, maybe we, we don't always think to go over and say hello to God, in this process, would you strengthen this eldership, Lord, but would you strengthen us, and would you help us, as I think Josh said, Lord, to love one another, to to help each other, Lord, to be one another's brothers and sisters, God, and to, Lord, be strengthened as a body, because this group of men is not the head of this church. Jesus, you are the head of this church, and there is no other that we look to more than you, God. Would you guide us? Would you lead us? Would you give us the strength that we need, the um, the boldness that we need in this process, Lord? Would you help us to lay down our worries, God, before you and trust you, Jesus, no faith has been shown more than yours, Lord, as you died on that cross. And we don't just remember that in times like Easter, Lord. Would we remember that every day in this process when we're not looking to John just anymore, God? We want to look to you, Jesus. Would we see you as the head of this church? And I just pray all this in your name. Amen. Amen. Lord, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've already done. Thank you for what is to come. And Father, we've spoken about practical needs this morning. And Father, you know 
everything we need. And Lord, I pray that you will um, just give peace to those who are particularly asking for big things at the moment. And Father, we know that our God is a big God and is more than able to provide for these things. So Lord, I pray that you will uh, just guide Annie and Alex to the right house. And Lord, may that happen soon and may it be a smooth thing for them. And Lord, give the elders wisdom to be able to help them, particularly as Alex doesn't know the area yet. Father, that things will just fall into place at the right time. Lord, you know the right place, the right schools for Joseph and Alwyn, Lord. And yeah, I just echo Abby's prayer and ask that you will help them. Because it is a big thing moving away and uh, leaving friends behind and all the fears that there can be. Help Alex and Annie, Lord, to... Um, to parent them uh, wisely at this time, Lord, to prepare them and to just be there and, and help them through this uh, phase of, of transition. And Father, we just pray even for our own elders and the, the, the needs that they have, Lord. It's so much that they do on top of what they already do. So Lord, would you provide those GPs for Adam, Lord? And would you provide somebody to come alongside Johnny at work? And Father, would you bless these men as they go about their daily activities and in their families, Father, would you protect them, help them to be the husbands and fathers that you want them to be. And Father, we just thank you for all of them, for the way that they just work together, the different personalities, the different abilities, the different things that they bring to the table. Father, thank you that these uh, men are your choice. And Father, we, we just pray a blessing on them. Father, would you keep them healthy? And Lord, would you keep them safe and yeah, strong in you, Father, that uh, they can be that example to us that, that they want to be. And so, Father, we just recognize how good you are and, and how, how you've done so much already, Lord. And we know that these things are, are not impossible. And so, Father, we just agree together today, Lord, and ask that we will see one by one you answering all these prayers. Because you've got good things in store for your children. So, Lord, we just thank you, give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yeah, Father God, we just thank you so much for today. Thank you that so many folk were able to come. I f Father God, I do pray that um, if there's anyone sitting here today or anyone at home that sees this recording later on, that um, that they would ask the questions, that there wouldn't be anybody here or in these coming days that's unclear about things and is, is feeling um, unable or intimidated or whatever it might be to ask a question. I just pray that they would come forth, Lord, because, Father God, we, we, we desire to to move ahead together lord we don't want to leave anyone behind we want to grow together we want to um, grow in love and grace we want to grow as we disciple one another um, we want to grow as a church lord we <laughs> we often think about growth as numbers but father god it's there's so much more and we want to grow in our hope and faith in you dear god and yeah. pray that you would bring that to pass in these coming days as we as we journey on together, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. All right. Bless you guys. If you have any questions, feel free to ask us. But first, go get your kids.